Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Welcome back to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. It feels like it has been months since I recorded, but it's really only been a week. I just have had so much happen in the past week. It's been crazy, intense, insane, beautiful, wonderful, exciting. I actually, well, I'll give you a few life updates before I get into the juice of this podcast because it's I have a lot to share as usual. And just a heads up, if you don't care about my life updates, you can go ahead and fast forward maybe 10 minutes or so and I'll get into when I get into really the topic of this podcast, which is leaning into your feminine essence and femininity. I know some people love the life updates and a lot of you really relate to what I share, but if you're new here and you just don't care, Uh, you can go ahead and fast forward 10, 12 minutes. But something that I've been asked for for almost four years is finally going to be birthed through me. I have had so, so, so many people over the years since I created BAA, my first ever manifestation course, which really kind of took off and has changed the lives of hundreds and hundreds of women. It's been my biggest program. Helps women manifest their best lives. I've been asked a million times if I'm going to, if I'm going to make a 2.0, if I'm going to revamp it, if I'm going to create a new one, because obviously I've learned so much in the last four years and I haven't made a course on my own since then. I just has never felt right. It's, it's always been on my heart, on my mind. And I know I've had a lot of you asking and I've even responded publicly about on Instagram and every single time I say, I feel it, I'm waiting for it to land. Well, four years later, it has finally landed. It feels like a full embodied yes for me to move forward. So I don't want to share too many details because things are still kind of in the works, but God has placed it on my heart. It is undeniable for me to create a new program, which will be somewhat of a revamped version of BAA. Think of it more as, you know, the same goal as BAA, living that life of your dreams, but getting there in a completely different way and in a way that feels a lot better and aligns with our nervous systems, our softness, our need to lean back, to have more ease and slowness in our lives, to not have to control and manipulate the entire process. So I have so much to teach and share. And that's all I'm going to share for now. I think I'm going to be sharing more very soon, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I did want to share for any of you who are interested or excited by that idea. Uh, I just wanted to put it out there. 
to let you know that it is in the works and will most likely be publicly released within the next month. And by publicly released, I mean, I will have all of the details together and we'll be launching it for people who are ready to join early bird before I actually launch the program itself, because I know a lot of you have been asking for this for so, so long. And I, it is so alive inside me. It's like pouring out of me. And it's been interesting because since the moment I said yes to this, fully said yes to it, life has thrown me trial after trial after trial. I am being fully initiated into everything I am going to be teaching in an even deeper way. God's like, Kristen, great. I want you to teach this, 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 and this. But first, I'm going to bring you into a deeper embodiment of all of that. And of course, every time we embody something new, it usually feels uncomfortable or painful, right? It hurts first because we have to let go of the old and usually an initiation means some sort of trigger or pain point that we are meant to move through in order to create spaciousness for the next embodiment, right? Like I'm, I want to teach deeper surrender. Well, I've been given opportunities to surrender to God over and over and over and over and over. I want to teach about money again. Well, here come the money triggers and all of the money lessons. I feel ready to finally teach about relationships and love and relating to the masculine. Well, here come the, the triggers in the masculine realm. Here come the dating triggers. Here come the love triggers in relationships, both romantic and non-romantic. It's been absolutely wild the past week or so, but it's also been really beautiful to look back and see how it's all playing out. And one thing one of my mentors told me is that as soon as you say yes to a course, the course begins to write itself through you and your life experiences. God begins to send you the experiences and the lessons that will become the teachings. So what I'm teaching, what I will be teaching, not just in this course, but always moving forward, is not coming from my mind. It's coming from God through me and the embodiment that I'm being gently guided into through allowing life and my life experiences to fully penetrate me, to fully be with all of them without pushing them away, leaning into them no matter how painful it is, and coming out the other side ready to share. And I think this is the reason why I don't create a lot of courses and why the few that I do create or the things I do put out there are pretty powerful because I don't put out courses when I have something in my mind I'm ready to teach. As you can see, I haven't created one of my own in four years. Well, I've had plenty to teach and learn so much in the last four years. I don't create things because my mind says yes or because I have a lot to share. I create things when God says yes and my body is all in fully embodied in it, whatever it is that I'm sharing, because I believe that when you learn from me, when you're in my space, you're not, it's not the words I'm giving you, right? You're hearing the words, but that's not what you're actually receiving. You're receiving the embodiment behind the words. That is the energy that you're being initiated into. So if the embodiment isn't there, the words are just empty. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not going to touch you. It's not really going to penetrate your heart. You're not going to feel it. It's not going to shift you or your reality or your life. And for me, being an in integrity is number one over everything in my life and in my business right now. 
So this is why it's taken me so long to be a yes to creating a new course moving forward and to finally be teaching and sharing in more of a large group setting again, which I can't wait to, to get to know more of you. So that's enough on that for now. I will be sharing more on that later, but I want to get into the gist of this podcast because I'm going to talk about femininity, which has also been a topic you've all been asking for. The last life update I will give you, because I know a lot of you will be interested, is I did adopt a second kitty <laughs> over the weekend. And if you've you know listened to my podcast, heard my story, you know that my first kitty, Destiny, I rescued her in Costa Rica, uh, is just my soulmate. And she's helped heal my heart so much. And there was a moment last week where I looked at her and it was just this like sudden internal knowing, like a shock to my system. She was so clearly telling me that she wanted a companion and that we were both ready. And I know that as soon as I have a desire on my heart like that, when it feels so strong and sudden like that, I know it's because there's a soul who's ready for me, right? Like we, I, I believe that we have soul contracts with our pets. If you have pets and her soul was ready for me and was calling to me and destiny also felt it. So I, uh, immediately knew that that was the right move for me, even though I didn't know if I was ready for a second pet. I felt nervous about it, but I went on Google maps to see what shelters were around me. And there were, you know, a lot, maybe 10 within an hour from me. And there was one that just kept standing out to me. It was so weird. It was like, I don't know, like there was a bright light around it. I couldn't stop. My eye kept going back to that one and I had no idea why. And I go to their website and I look at the pictures of the cats that they have and there's one kitten and I couldn't stop looking at her. And then I saw that her name was Stella. And when I was living in Costa Rica, my jungle car was named Stella and it might seem silly, but it was like everyone knew that car and everyone knew that car's name was Stella and everyone loved that car as Stella. My car was very well loved. She was such a beautiful jungle car and set to like, I don't know if anyone else gets attached to their cars. I've had quite a few cars in my adult life, maybe four or five and I've driven. And this is the only one that was really close to my heart. It just felt like a piece of home. You know, like my home was my home, but my car was really felt like a piece of home because I went on so many adventures in her process so much in that space would always drive her deep in the, into the jungle without a navigation system, just to process what was going on or to get in touch with God. So Stella was just, yeah, she was, that car was so special and important to me and also everyone around me. So the name Stella was very near and dear to my heart. And I actually just sold that car about a month ago and it was such an emotional process for me. I cried. I was so sad. It just, yeah, it was, I don't need, I don't, I have no words. I'm stumbling over my words right now because that was really hard for me. It was like really saying goodbye to that life, which was really, really hard to do. The grieving process and letting go of that life has been ongoing and, and tumultuous and, and painful to navigate, but also freeing. And that was kind of the last piece. And it was really difficult for me to do that, to say goodbye to that car and that, that era. And so it felt so right that right after I said goodbye to my car, Stella, a cat, a kitten named Stella came into my life. And as soon as I saw that name, I knew she was mine. And before I even named my car, Stella, 
the reason I chose that name actually has a lot of significance, which I'm not going to get into. It's just another long tangent, um, which won't serve the purpose of this podcast, but that name has had significance for me and meant a lot for me for quite a few years and always has felt like a piece of home. And so the second I saw her name, I knew she was mine. It was the same as when I met Destiny. I just saw her and I knew. And I looked at the other shelters and I just, nothing felt right, right? There were photos of other kittens that looked cuter and videos and nothing felt right. And I didn't want to force it. So I thought, you know what? I'm not going to go to more than one shelter. I'm just going to go to this one that's calling me. I'm only going to look at Stella. And if she's not right for me, if we don't bond, I'm not getting a cat. I'm not going to force this. I'll wait till she shows up in my life. So my sisters were in town and we all go together to see Stella and we can't find her anywhere in the shelter and the shelter people can't find her either. The woman working there took them about 20 minutes to find her. She had snuck into the back room for employees and hidden inside of a closet behind like a bunch of towels and boxes. So no one could get her out. I went back there and at first I was like, Oh wow, she must not be the one for me. She's not coming out. She's hiding. She's terrified. She was shaking And after a couple of minutes, I coaxed her out and within two minutes, she was purring and rubbing against me and cuddling with me in a way that I guess is not typical for her. And she was no longer shivering or scared. And a few minutes later, opened up to my sisters as well. And I just, all three of us immediately knew that she was mine. And I just started tearing up. It like, I don't know if, if you have pets that you really, really love. If you remember the first time you brought them home, it just feels like meeting a piece of your heart outside of your body for me. Like one of the best days of my life was the day I brought destiny home. And one of the second best days of my life or a, a tied for one of the top days was the day that I brought Stella home because it really did feel like she chose me. Same with destiny. And I do feel like our animals choose us. It's funny because I'm explaining this to my sisters and I just am met with this silence. (laughs) Like, Kristen, you are crazy. It's just a pet. Uh, But I believe that animals choose us before we choose them. And it's only a facade when we believe that we choose them because we really don't. Right? Like, they choose us. God puts them in our path for a reason. And the animals know. So, and I believe this about humans as well. When you have any kind of impulse, it's really important to follow it as long as you run that impulse by God first, because that impulse is there for a reason. Sometimes there's a soul who is for you, who's ready to come into your path. It's actually interesting because the past few weeks, I've been really paying attention to my small intuitions or impulses that I might usually write off or ignore as silly So I go on walks almost every day around where I live. There's so many different directions I go. There's a path by the beach. There's a path by a boardwalk. There's a path like through mountains and flowers. There's paths through neighborhoods, so many different directions, so many different beaches. And I'll share two stories. The first one, I was going on a walk and I had a plan of where I was going to go. And, and actually at this point I was already on the beach and I was walking back toward the path to go home. And the way I like to go, I like to go, I like to leave the beach through a set of stairs, but there's another way to leave the beach, which is up kind of this really steep hill. And it's really beautiful, but it's really steep. And sometimes I just am lazy and I prefer to take the stairs because it's less strenuous. 
But as I was passing the stairs, I literally turned to walk up the stairs and I felt this sudden impulse or intuition, like God speaking to me, like Kristen, take the hill today. And I was tired, exhausted. It already worked out a lot that day. I didn't feel like it, but I was like, you know what? What if I just decided to follow all of my intuitive impulses that come from God, the ones that feel in integrity and like truth to me? What if I just chose to follow all of them and just trusted and allowed myself to see where that took me? So I trusted and I decided, all right, what the heck? I'll take the hard path because God told me to. I don't know why. This is stupid. If this plays out to be nothing, I'm never doing this again. I'm always going the easy way. So I took the hill up. And as I'm walking up this hill, this guy is riding down on his bike. And we make this like really long, intense eye contact. And he's going so fast because it's a steep hill, right? He's just like, he's speeding down that hill. There's no way he could slow down. So I kind of just like, oh, that was interesting. Like that was some intense eye contact. And I keep walking, listening to a podcast, not thinking. And about 10 minutes later, a guy on his bike pulls over and gets my attention and tells me, Hey, like I saw you when I was walking down that hill and I just, you're so beautiful. I couldn't stop looking at you. Like I wanted, you know, to know if I could get your number, etc. And it was so sweet. He had turned around, biked all the way up that intense hill and biked almost half a mile trying to find me because he didn't know what direction I walked in. And it was just, and it's interesting because I did give him my number and he never reached out. I think uh, he got my phone number down wrong, but the reason being it doesn't matter. This situation happened not because I was meant to go out with that man, but because God was showing me, Kristen, when you trust me, even when it doesn't make sense, when you trust me and what I place on your heart, I will bring miracles into your life. Your plan is not the best plan. And it was, this is such a small little experience and metaphor, but it, it means so much in the big picture of life. And sometimes it takes these little small moments. Like sometimes you want to learn to trust God in your life and it's really hard to trust him with the big things. Trust him with the small things first. Like when he tells you to turn right instead of left or to walk that way instead of that way, or to go the long way around today. Listen to him in the little ways and watch how that plays out for you. It will help you listen to him in the big ways. And I actually had this experience again, not the exact experience, but actually yesterday I was going on a walk and I had already planned where I was going to walk. There's a really beautiful path near my house where I can walk in nature and it's kind of pretty deserted. There'll only be a few people and there's lots of birds and you don't hear cars. It's just a beautiful nature path kind of through hills. And I had planned to go there. And when I was about to turn to go in that direction, it was like I either go toward the beach or I go toward the hills. I immediately felt this inner impulse of no Kristen go left. And I was like, that's weird. I don't really want to go left. For some reason, I didn't feel like being at the beach that day. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I did last time. And I'm just going to follow the impulse, even though I don't understand it. And I chose to go left instead of right. I didn't end up walking on the beach because I didn't feel like it. I just walked kind of through town and I was just meandering, kind of following my intuition, taking a random twists and turns. And eventually I ended up at a pier that I've only been on maybe once. I never go to this pier ever. And I felt an, an intuitive, intuitive impulse to walk onto the pier. 
So I did. It kind of felt exciting to walk on the pier for some reason. Like some days I just don't feel like walking on the sand. I don't, I love the beach, but there's random days where I just don't want to be on it weirdly because I always want to be on the beach and that morning I just didn't. So I walked out onto the end of the pier and at the very end of a pier, there is a man standing there and he goes, Hey, did you see the dolphins? And I've been living in the town I live in now. I've been here since November and I've never seen dolphins. I'm at the beach probably six days a week, if not seven. And I look out and right at the end of the pier, there is at least, I don't know, eight to 10 dolphins and three to four of them are consistently leaping into the air, like in and out of the water. It was out of a movie. I'm getting chills. It was so magical. And of course there's this beautiful man in the sun showing me the dolphins. And it was one of those moments where my plan would have been great. I would have walked on my nature nature trail and I would have loved it. And I wouldn't have known that there could have been something better. I would have been satisfied, but I listened to my intuition, my impulse, really God leading the way. I allowed myself to be led by him and I ended up having this beautiful, magical, miraculous experience. And for me, I don't know if any of you remember an episode a while ago, probably in August or September when I was on a lake on a paddleboard and asked God to send me a sign and a dolphin appeared and leaped next to me. And it felt like that again. And that was another sign or metaphor of life of Kristen. Listen to me, stop leading. You don't need to lead in your life anymore. Let me lead you because I can show you and bring you miracles that you cannot create by your own willpower, that you cannot plan or figure out on your own or in your mind. So this has been a big lesson I've been integrating is, you know, I'm pretty good at taking the big risks and and listening to what God tells me, even if it takes some time, but And the little ways I didn't realize how much I was kind of pushing him aside or not really making space, like really still leading myself, still always needing to stick to my plan no matter what, because my plan is the best one, right? Like I should be able to plan where to take my morning walk. And of course I'm capable of doing that, but sometimes the little things turn into the big things. So can we surrender the little things to God? Can we allow him to lead us in the small ways? Because those small ways might turn out to be big ways in the long run. And this really does lead me into my topic of, which I intended to speak on. I didn't intend to share those stories, but they happened to come through. I wanted to talk about how to lean into your femininity, how I did it and how you can do it too, because I've had people ask me this over and over and over when I do Q and A's on Instagram. So I thought I would finally address it here. And a part of leaning into your femininity, femininity, femininity is so difficult for me to say part of leaning into it. I'll say feminine essence. That's so much easier to pronounce. Part of leaning into your feminine essence is connecting with your body, which allows you to be in tune with these natural intuitive impulses, because I know you're probably wondering, well, how do I know what my intuition is? How do I know when God's speaking to me? And that's all a part of this process. Before I get into that, I want to speak on what it means to be feminine because being a feminine being is such a buzzword topic right now. It's, there's a lot of jargon out there, a lot, a lot of freaking jargon out there. And there's a lot of people who talk about 
femininity in a really surface level way. And there's a lot of people who talk about it in a really deep way, almost to the point where there's so much depth and so much jargon that it's hard to understand unless you're really in this space, like deep in it and have been in it for a long time. So my goal is to kind of bring this to a middle ground where we're talking about it in, in the depth that it needs to be talked about without all of the jargon that makes it really difficult to understand the concept. So honestly, the title or topic of this podcast, Leaning Into Your Femininity, is a bit of a buzz title on its own because I don't really believe in trying to lean into your feminine. I believe that you don't need to try to become feminine. By nature, trying to become anything is brings you out of your organic nature, your feminine essence, because what does it really mean to be feminine? If you are a woman and you align with feminine energy, and I recognize that not everyone does, but I am speaking to those who do, then you can't become what you already are. It's the same as like, the same as feeling worthy and loved. You can't become more worthy or become more loved because you're already unconditionally worthy and unconditionally loved just it's a fact of nature that's how you were created just because you can't feel it doesn't mean it's not true and it's the same with our femininity our organic nature you can't become a feminine woman you can't become more feminine you already are that is your organic nature it's how you were created and designed feminine just means to function within your organic design as you were created to operate in this world, coming back to your body, coming back to God. That's all it means. And I'll talk about more in depth what that actually looks like and feels like and how to get there. But when you're trying to become more feminine and you're looking at, oh, okay, this is what a feminine person does. I need to do those things. I need to maybe wear more pink or I need to be softer in the way I speak or I need to surrender more or I need to let men lead me all the time or and you're following these rules suddenly it's like on a surface level yeah you're doing the feminine things that you see deeply embodied feminine woman maybe doing but you're doing them now from from force from control from this efforting and trying to become that if you're following a structure that's no longer feminine that's a masculine concept and there's nothing wrong with masculine concepts. We need masculine containers to feel safe to soften into our feminine. But if you are trying to become more feminine by following a masculine guideline, you're not actually softening into your feminine or your organic nature at all. All you're doing is feeding your wounded feminine shadows. And when I say wounded feminine shadows, what I mean is the part of you that doesn't feel safe to soften into your organic essence, into your feminine nature, because in the past you've been burned for it. And so you have wounds there and they've been pushed into your shadows. They've been repressed into your subconscious. And because you don't feel safe to go there, but your mind wants to be more feminine, your mind finds a way to work around that to say, Hey, I'm going to convince myself or trick myself into believing that I can reach my end goal in this really safe way, which is becoming feminine by not actually ever tapping into my feminine essence, by actually going through this masculine structure, by using control and force. 
That's what it means to follow the rules of what it means to be feminine. So if you really want to return to your organic nature, your feminine essence, scrap all of the damn rules. Scrap all of the things you need, you think you need to do or become or say or believe or show up as to be a feminine woman. None of that shit matters. When you seek God first, return to him and get back in touch and in tune with your body and begin to slowly let go of all of the blocks and walls that are guarding you from getting in tune with your body and your feminine core, your heart and your womb and God, you no longer need to try to become any of the things that you believe are feminine. Your heart will naturally be changed, right? I say that feminine is already your nature. You can't become it because you already are it. So when you let everything else drop away, you naturally begin to show up without trying as what you believe to be a more feminine woman. And that's going to look different for every single person, but there are commonalities. And these commonalities are really easy to decipher and to see, which is why it's taught so much in the online space of you need to submit to your man and you need to be more passive and you need to be more submissive and you need to want to be led and you, all of these things, you need to be softer. Like some of these things are common in women who are embodied in their feminine, not because they are trying to do those things, but because when you soften into your essence of who you truly are, of the way you were designed to operate, when you let go of all of the other stuff that's blocking you, all of your guards, all of your protection mechanisms, when you get in tune with your body and you let your body lead you, Oftentimes, the way you desire to live your life and to show up in your life shifts naturally because you're no longer operating and leaning into desires that are coming from your wounds or your traumas or your conditioning or your shadows. When you are safe in your body, safe to soften into your heart and your womb, and you are led by God, you are in touch with him. Your desires are now coming from a completely different place. So for many of us, the way that we're living our lives in many areas, the way we're showing up, or even the desires we have, we think that there are desires. We think they're the desires of our souls, but really they're the desires that are coming from a part of us that's protecting us, from a part of us that's not truly tapped in or tuned in to our soul, to our feminine essence, to our feminine core, to our hearts, to our wombs. We can't make choices or decisions from a heart-centered place until we're tapped in and tuned into our hearts. We can't make decisions from our bodies, right? We can't make embodied choices until we are tapped in and tuned into our wombs. Our womb is like our power center as women. But that's scary for a lot of people. For reasons maybe I'll get into in this podcast. We'll see if I have time. But it is a lot easier to follow a five-step step list or set of instructions on how to become a feminine woman than it is to actually tap in and tune into your heart, to your womb, and to get in touch with God and really allow him to lead you. That's a lot harder. Or like I talked about letting God lead me on my walks. Those are the really small ways. Letting God lead you in your life can be scary at first. It means letting go of layers of control that many of us have never let go of ever in our lives. But 
my main point here is that if you're trying to become more feminine or asking, how can I be more feminine? You're asking the wrong questions. Why is it that you think you need to be more feminine? Do you think there's something wrong with you as you are? Do you think you're too masculine? Because I feel like there's a lot of, there's so much out there around becoming a feminine woman, so much so that it's pushed so many women into this space of shame around feeling like they're quote unquote too masculine. You are so lovable and worthy and beautiful exactly as you are. And you do not need to fix yourself. You do not need to try to become more feminine. And a lot of women are wanting to become more feminine because they believe that they'll get the things that they want. It's transactional. It's this, you know, when they say, how can I become more feminine? That's not really what they're asking. Under the surface, they're really saying, how can I magnetize everything I want to me with ease like the people on Instagram? How can I attract my dream masculine warrior king into my life and enter into divine union where I'm just living every day madly in love? How can I magnetize more money and abundance to me by doing nothing and surrendering and simply attracting from my womb or my heart? How can I feel more soft and flowy and feminine and caring and nurturing and just live my life, you know, singing to the birds like Snow White? That's what most people really mean when they say, how can I become more feminine? Because that's what's sold on Instagram. And I'm not saying you can't have these things. You can have all those things and you're worthy of them. If they're desires of your heart, you get to have them. But it is not transactional. Like, Your feminine essence, your feminine core, who we are as feminine beings is love. Our hearts are reflections of the heart of God. Like we are a living reflection of the heart of God. We are love embodied. So whenever we move into a transactional place, love is not transactional. It cannot be. It is unconditional by nature. So when we're saying, I want to be more embodied in love. Because that's who we are as feminine beings. I want to be love embodied. But I want to do it only if I can receive all of these things that I want as a result. That is transactional. That is not real love. That is not embodied love. There are a lot of people out there who are trying to become more feminine or doing all the things. But it's not coming from an embodied place of love or or union with God. It's coming from, it's, it's really just the same shadow side of manifestation, but it's now under this facade of this shadow side of becoming a feminine being, but it's the same thing, right? Like manifestation, there are two sides of it. There's this transactional side of it of let me get what I want. I'm going to, on the surface level, follow what I'm told to do and hope that it brings me everything I want versus actually surrendering deeply to the process. And it's the same thing here. What matters more than what we're doing in a black and white sense, like what we're literally doing in the 3D, is our energy and intention behind everything. And I'm not saying this to shame you. If you're like, I want to be more feminine, and you realize it's because you want all of these things. We all want these things. I'm not here to shame you for wanting more. The essence of feminine being, of being a feminine being, is to want more. We are insatiable by nature love, like the kind of love we are embodied love. 
And within love, there's always a longing and a yearning for more of what we love. It is completely organic and natural for us to yearn and long for more because we are insatiable and that is okay. And I'm not here to shame you for that. I am like that. However, it's important to honor our longings and yearnings and what we desire more of while also being careful to not fall into the trap of transaction, of transactional love, of transactional beingness, of transactional connection with God. So what if you are really ready for this work, I'm not asking you to let go of your desires. I, I think it's important that you fully claim them because you're so worthy of them. And if your desires are in line with what God desires for you, they will come into your life. Your prayers are already answered. And if they're not in line with what God desires for you, when you begin to soften into your body, connect with your heart and your womb, and build a strong connection with God, he will change your heart. You don't need to do that work on your own. You're allowed to desire what you desire and to follow that. And if there's something that will bring you deeper fulfillment and love in your life, and God knows that, he will change your heart. So I am by no means, I'm hammering this point in, I am by no means saying give up on your desires or that you shouldn't have them. I am saying that when you go into any of this work or this process, with your primary dominant desire being, I'm going to get something out of this. You're no longer moving toward an embodied state of love. You're actually moving yourself out of your feminine essence. You're moving yourself out of your organic nature. Because yes, we are designed to receive, but we're not designed to go out and chase. So this transactional nature is actually us chasing what we want saying, I'm going to do all of these things to become more feminine so I can go chase my desires and get them. We're built to actually lean back and receive and surrender. And that doesn't mean that it's a passive receiving or surrendering, but it's not a chasing. We get to let our desires pursue us. We get to allow God to pursue us. Our work is to become open to receiving when we are being pursued by our desires, by what is meant for us. It's the same energy as if you're dating and you're chasing a man and texting him all the time and constantly working to make sure that he likes you. He can feel that that's icky, desperate energy. It's going to push him away. It's going to push the right man away. Might work on the wrong man. It'll push the right man away. And that's not to say that you should be passive and never reach out to a man that you're interested in. That is not what I'm saying. But the energy of desperate chasing is completely different. It is repelling to what we desire. It is repelling to a masculine man. What works is allowing ourselves to be pursued. And this does not mean that it's passive. It doesn't mean that we don't do anything. But we must be open to receive what or who is pursuing us. If you're closed off to a man, you might not even notice that he's pursuing you. Or it might shut your system down. If your heart is closed off, you may never feel God, even though he is always pursuing you. God is always pursuing you. Always. He does not withdraw love 
His love is unconditional. He's never forgotten about you. He has always been pursuing you. But if you're not open to receive that, you'll never feel it and you'll feel and wonder why he's abandoned you when he's been behind your back this entire time, pursuing you always. So the real work here is opening. Opening to receive all that is meant to us. Opening to receive God. Opening to receive union with him. Opening to receive everything that we desire. We're not meant to chase. We're not built to chase. We're built to receive But we have to open in order to see and receive what and who is pursuing us. That is the process. And I know there's there's a lot of talk out there about balancing your masculine and feminine energies and inner union. And that doesn't personally resonate with me. I've had mentors who said this to me and it resonates so deeply as truth in my body and my being that... You don't need to balance your masculine or focus on your inner masculine. In fact, I don't really believe that much in an inner masculine. I believe that we are feminine beings to our core. That is the way that we were designed. You don't need to balance your inner masculine. You can soften fully and completely into your feminine. That is who you are. Like just see how that sits and resonates in your body. You are a fully feminine being. You don't need to have an inner masculine or an inner dude, as some people say. I believe that we were built to be in union with the masculine. Yes, we need to have masculine in our lives. We need to have masculine structure, masculine discipline, masculine provision, masculine support to feel safe, to soften, to lean back, to surrender, to receive. But it doesn't mean that our own masculine has to be supporting us. That's confusing because then we're going back and forth between operating in a masculine energy and operating in a feminine energy what if you could just fully relax into your feminine energy like how liberating fully soften into your feminine essence and put all of your focus there and come into union with the masculine to support you first and foremost coming into union with god to support you allowing god to lead you allowing god to create containers and structure for you Bringing all your decisions to God first. I believe that we are built to be in union with the masculine, in divine union. And I do mean that in a romantic sense as well. If you feel called to partnership and union, I believe we are built for that. And we thrive when we're in union with the, with the masculine. But it starts with God. So I've said this already, I'm going to say it again. You don't become feminine. You unbecome everything that is not completely in alignment with your heart, your soul, and God and the way that you were designed. You don't become feminine. You unbecome everything else. You let the wounded feminine shadows and guards and walls and fortresses fall away. You learn to trust the masculine again. You learn to heal all of the parts of you that have felt betrayed by the masculine. You learn to come into union with the masculine, which is men, money, God, structure, discipline. You learn to come back home to your body, to your womb. 
You learn to live deeply grounded within your body rather than in your mind. You learn to become in tune with the way you were designed to operate with this beautiful, magical, powerful body you were given. But we were cut off from our bodies. We disassociate from our bodies because we hold a lot of pain within our bodies, especially deep within our wombs and our hearts. We put up walls to keep ourselves out of our own bodies because we feel unsafe within it. We don't feel at home within our bodies. We also learned that being emotional and feeling a lot was a flaw. So we cut ourselves off from our hearts. We learned that the void, our darkness, our shadows, our dark feminine was dangerous and that it pushed people away, that it couldn't be handled or held by anyone. So we blocked it off and built a towering fortress around it. We have blocked ourselves off from our direct channels to our intuition and to God. Because we learned a long time ago that these parts of us were unsafe or they were flaws meant to be fixed, hidden, or pushed away. Coming back, bringing your feminine core back online means allowing the protective mechanisms to fall away. It's a process of opening your heart to God because you don't need to do this on your own. I used to think I needed to heal everything on my own. You don't need to fix yourself or heal heal yourself. And I've said this before, but then it's like, okay, but I do feel like I need healing, right? Like everyone feels like that. There's parts of me that need healing. But what if you didn't have to focus on doing all the healing on your own? What if all you had to do was keep your eyes on God and let him in? His love will do the rest. That doesn't mean it's passive and that there isn't work for you to do. But let him lead you. This is not something you're meant to do on your own. You don't need to figure out how to heal or fix yourself. You don't need fixing. You need loving. But unconditional loving and unconditional love can only come from God. Human beings can love unconditionally, but because of all of us, every single one of us has some trauma or conditioning within us, it is difficult to express our love unconditionally all the time. We are flawed in that way because we're human as we're meant to be. We're actually perfectly flawed in that way. We're meant to turn to God for unconditional love. His love will change you. It will change your heart. It will give you the grace and the strength you need to tune into your heart and your womb, no matter how difficult or challenging it is. And yes, doing that does make you more magnetic and more abundant. And it does mean that it's easier to attract and magnetize everything you want, but that is not the reason we do this work. We do this because we are called to it. We do this because living a life without God is living a half-life. We do this because we are cherished daughters and sons of an unconditionally loving Father God. And we are meant to live and walk this earth feeling how cherished we are, knowing how loved we are. It changes everything. When I think back to when I used to only connect with the universe, it feels so lonely now that I know what it feels like to connect and feel loved and supported and held by God. Because 
The universe wasn't really there to support me or to love me or to love the parts of me that I wasn't even able to love or to hold me in my deepest pain. The universe is, right? The universe does exist. Quantum field exists. Energy exists. But you don't pray to an energy or to a universe. The universe isn't there for you when you're on your knees in excruciating pain. The universe isn't there for you when you feel abandoned or or unloved or unworthy or ugly or small or not good enough. The universe isn't there for you when you feel like a failure. The universe can't hold you, love you, provide for you. The universe just is. God is the one who is pursuing you. God is the one holding you, loving you, providing for you. And yes, we can manifest all the things we want from the quantum field using quantum physics, quantum mechanics, and the power of our minds. But what happens when all the things show up and there's still a void and you still feel unlovable or not good enough? We were always meant to live in connection with God, in connection with our creator. Central to all of this work is opening your heart to God, letting his love penetrate you to your core and letting his love do the rest. All of the miracles and blessings that are meant to you will become a byproduct of you opening your heart to God, allowing him to lead and creating enough safety in your body to soften into your feminine core, your heart and your womb, allowing your body and God to lead you. We're not meant to operate in a way which burns us out. We're not meant to operate or function in a way in which we're always exhausted. Our bodies are burnt out. Our minds are always running like crazy. For anxiety is ruling our existence. Yes, of course, anxiety, fears, being exhausted, reaching burnout, these things will still happen. I'm not saying this is like the end all be all. Suddenly your life is going to be perfect. But we're not meant to operate that way. And when we are operating from our wounded feminine and what can be perceived to be operating in a more masculine capacity, operating in ways which a healthy masculine operates, right? Masculine and feminine operate very differently. We're created and designed very differently. The way that someone who is fully in tune with their masculine is going to operate completely differently from someone who is fully in tune with their feminine core. However, when a woman is operating from her feminine shadows or feminine wounds, doesn't feel safe to operate from her core, from her body, from God, she often, from an outside perspective, will look as though she's operating in a masculine way. But I don't believe that a woman is ever too much, quote-unquote, in her masculine. I just believe that her feminine is in pain, has been wounded, and she doesn't feel safe to soften into it. So the barriers she has created align with 
a masculine dynamic. And we're not meant, we're not created to operate in that dynamic the way that a healthy masculine does. It burns out our system. It shuts us down. It puts us in a space where we suddenly are unable to receive, attract, or magnetize. Where God is not leading us. So we suddenly feel the need to control and manipulate everything. We're analyzing everything we do. We're analyzing our healing process. We're analyzing how to get what we want. We're living from our minds, not our bodies. And that is exhausting. It's not the way we are meant to operate. We are meant to live a life that is in alignment with our natural operating system. A life that is in alignment with the way our bodies were designed to function. So I guess the mantra is seek God first. Let him do the hard work for you. When you seek him first, it doesn't mean you're letting go of what you want. It means you're allowing him to lead you there because his plan is better than yours. His process is better than your plan. Even if his process, his plan, his path for you, what he's asking of you feels confusing or difficult in the beginning. Or even if his plan is kind of shaking up your reality, if your life feels shaken up right now, Sometimes God needs a clean slate to work with. Your life is not falling apart. It's just becoming a clean slate so God can work some magic in the next era of your life. That's all. So, if you do feel called to this work, leaning into your feminine nature. Returning to your feminine core and essence, returning to God, opening your heart, unleashing your natural magnetism and radiance, opening to receive, creating spaciousness to actually allow blessings and miracles to show up in your life. This is what I will be teaching. If you just feel like you've been manifesting everything and nothing's working anymore and you're just burnt out and you're feeling just low and maybe lonely or confused, lost a little bit around how to live the life you want to live in a way that actually feels really good, whether you've never been able to manifest the life of your dreams or maybe you've done it and you still didn't feel good or the way you thought you would feel. There is another way. I promise you there is another way. You get to have it all. You get to feel really loved and grounded and also live a life that feels really fulfilling to you. You don't need to trade one or the other. So if you want to dive really deeply into this work, one-on-one work is the best for this capacity so we can do deep somatic emotional work together, removing blocks, etc., creating embodiment. If you feel called to learning more in a course, I will be running a course. I believe I'll be running it live for the first round very soon. If you're interested in diving deeper into all of this in a group capacity, 
keep your eyes open for the announcement within the next week or so. You can send me a DM on Instagram if you want to get on the wait list to be the first in. My Instagram is at Pursuit of Bliss with an underscore. You'll get priority. And thank you so much for listening to me talk at you for almost an hour now if you're still with me. I so appreciate those of you who spend an hour of each week with me, listening to me talk at you. It means the world to me that you care to hear what I have to say. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of my journey. And I will see you all next week.